Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on a beautiful Saturday. I, I, we're going to blame it all on Troy. You know, he's, he's the one that all the good, all the bad. He's the he's the bearer of good news. You know, we're going to have a glorious day out there today. And uh, hope you're enjoying it. We do have some lines available though. You can give Sure a call at 602-277-5827. That's two seven seven K T A R. We're here every Saturday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show from seven to nine a.m. on ninety two point three FM K T A R. Give her a call. We could talk about your dreams, your, you know, passions. If you got something working well, we'd like to hear from you for a solution. And if you're growing something different, we'd love to know. And uh, we're all here to have fun together. Let's see. We'll get back to the phones. We've got Daisy and uh, the superstitions out there. Hello, Daisy. Hello. Good morning. Hi. I have a couple of questions. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, first one is... Uh, I have a mesquite tree with a dead branch. When would be the best time to trim it off? Well, if it's bugging you, it would probably be today. Um, you know, if it's if it's bothersome, uh, you can certainly take off a dead branch. Now, be mindful of the fact that mesquite trees often can lose their leaves, and you might have one branch that's just lost more foliage than the rest. But if the branch indeed is dead, you can prune it at any time. Oh, okay. I thought the best time to prune is when it starts growing. No. Well, it, it doesn't really make a difference. It's not going okay. to affect the tree to take it off anytime. Um, you know, when we're doing major pruning on mesquites, oftentimes we'll do that like in April or May. But um, it doesn't hurt to prune them now at all. Okay. It's a, it's a really like a major branch. Okay. So you, you, you can take trunk. it off. Uh, you know, you can take it off now. Oftentimes when they lose large branches, it's because they've been attacked by flat-headed boars during times of drought like last summer in June. And the little boring insects will bore into the wood and go around and kill the cambium layer. They'll layer right under the bark. So when you're removing the branch, if you see a lot of holes or see some worms in it, you may cut it back even a little shorter. And then you may want to treat it for the flat-headed boars as well. Okay. And another question is, uh, I have uh, Arizona, I have a desert rose uh-huh. in the pot. And it's doing well outside in the summer under the tree, but in the winter, I bring it inside the house. Uh, the last few years, it just cripples along it in, indoors, loses its leaves and stuff. I water once in a while. So what's the best way to take care of it in the winter? You know, Daisy, indoor? that's actually a really good pattern is to bring it, you know, out of the rain and onto a patio. They really do not like to be wet. You know, and if they're staying out in this rainwater, it could certainly kill it. So the fact that you're bringing it at least onto the patio doesn't have to be indoors. And it's normal for them to defoliate quite a bit this time of year as well. But, you know, spring is almost here and summer's on the way and it'll be happy again. I'll bring them outside again, do you think? Absolutely, when it's warm, yeah. But, uh, you know, you could you could put it outside this week with all this nice uh Warm, dry, sunny weather we're going to have, and it may start to grow and pop some new growth on it. The really the most important thing with those is just not to overwater. Oh, okay. Well, in the summer when it's under the tree, it 
I have a drip rig. Uh-huh. It's uh, every three days. Well, and that's fine if it's a small dripper and not too wet. And then at that time of year, the plant's active. This time of year, it's dormant, so it's not using any water. So that's why okay. it wants to stay pretty dry in the wintertime. Okay, in the patio, you don't think it would be too cold when it's freezing? Well, it would be when it's freezing next winter, but I don't think it's going to freeze again this year. Oh, Okay. I mean, every winter, if it's a pattern, just bring inside or in well, the patio. It could be inside. Or, you know, usually, unless it's going to be very cold, it's probably not going to freeze on your patio. So if you have a south-facing patio where it gets good light, okay, and has the protection of the roof cover for the frost, um, it would be fine there, you know, unless the temperature is going to get down below about 28. And then you'd probably want to take it indoors. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Daisy. Okay. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Phil and Surprise. After Phil, it's wide open, folks. Give Shira a call. Don't let her be lonely. Don't let it be lonely this morning. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Brian. Uh, I have a question. I have a 23-year-old Arizona sweet uh, orange tree. Uh, I've always enjoyed the, the taste of it, but it always had so many seeds. Now, all of a sudden, it has next to no seeds. Has this turned into a navel? No, uh, unless there were two trees grafted on the same tree, um, you know, it wouldn't do that. I mean, an Arizona sweet's not going to change this color. Uh, It could produce a sport, you know, like one branch that came off that may have less seeds, and that wouldn't be unusual, but I can't think of any reason why the entire tree would change. Yeah, yeah. No, there's very few seeds this year, so we're really enjoying it. This well, season. perhaps yeah. you're just living right, Phil. I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I think you found the answer, Brian. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much. Have a fine right, day. Bye bye. Yeah, there's nothing like a little good luck and good fortune, and uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little uh, you know problem here or there once in a while twice in life. Uh, we do have some lines open. Number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Valerie and Mesa. Good morning. Good morning. I just have a question about um, the lantana. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a nice lantana around here, but mine has uh, white spots all over the leaves. Not right now, but a couple months ago in the summer, all summer. And also, something was eating the leaves. I didn't think anything ate lantana. Do you know what I could put on it? Um, you know, Valerie and, and Mesa there, we have had some that it, basically there's been a little insect that's feeding in the new growth. Probably the best way to cure that for the season is to cut the plant back. You know, so if you've got any of that left over on, just butcher the plants. And if you butcher them this week, it's going to be warm enough. They're going to start to come back out. Or you could treat them with a systemic insecticide. And that would be one that has like intimate in it. And, and that would probably help as well. Okay, so I can get rid of the uh, those spots, so I won't do that, any, so the insects won't do that anymore. You can, yeah, and uh, yeah, I tell you what, it's really good is if you want to talk to Jennifer, Gabe, and the guys over at our Gilbert Nursery, they'll be happy uh-huh. to help you with that. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Valerie. Bye bye. Okay. Oh, let's see. Next, we have Pam and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Brian. What could you tell us about a couple of edible plants? The uh, Barbados cherry. And elephant food plants. Okay. Well, I've never eaten the elephant foods, but we certainly grow them. And the Barbados cherries uh, do pretty well here, like on an eastern or southern exposure, and uh, can be a you know fairly easy plant to grow. It's not one of the most popular because just the fruit itself isn't as popular, but the plant does very well. Good. 
And what can you tell us about that? Do you have different elephant food plants? We do, and, and we grow them, you know, pretty much here as, as you know, ornamentals. And they're really pretty, and, and far as exposure-wise, they're going to be eastern exposure uh, or, or south with an overhang. Okay. And there, there, then there's probably 10 different varieties we grow, and, uh, and they'll all be coming in in the next few weeks, especially uh, if we bring a lot of those from Florida because they're more tropical. And, uh, you know, they'll take temperatures down, you know, to about freezing. If it gets much below freezing, they'll freeze. Okay. You can also okay. grow them on, on, you know, they're called alocasias. You can also grow them on patios, too, if you like. And some of the varieties even indoors with good light. Good. Okay. I think I'm going to have to plant an artichoke now. <laughs> well, artichokes are fun. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you and have a great Sunday. Thanks, Pam. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Somebody blew up a building, somebody stole a car, somebody got away, somebody didn't get too far, yeah, they didn't get too far. Grandpappy told my pappy back in my day, son, a man had to answer for the wicked that he done. All the rope in Texas, find a tall old tree, round up all of them bad boys, hang them high in the street. For all the people to see. That justice is the one thing you should always find. You gotta saddle up your boys, you gotta draw a hard line. Let the gun smoke settlers will sing a victory tune, and we'll all meet back at the local salute. Well, them horses, they sure do like their beer, don't they? Beautiful morning out there, folks. We do have a couple lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, let's, let's see. you got to get the right one. Uh, Jeff in Phoenix, you're ahead of Mark and Chandler. But after Mark and Chandler, it could be you if you give us a call. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, getting ready to plant uh, some blackberries and raspberries uh, along uh, making a trellis fence type. Can, should should we plant those next to each other? Do they help? Does it, is there a problem with that? Or? I, I would skip the raspberries and plant the blackberries. <laughs> Maybe do some more varieties of blackberries, spread the crop out a bit. But the, the difference is raspberries really don't do well here and blackberries thrive. Yeah, I know black. We have some wild blackberries in the yard next to us. <laughs> the thorns and the thorn list. Yeah. Um, will that matter with the thorns and the thorn list? No, they'll grow together. Okay. I mean, but I certainly wouldn't plant a thorny one, you know, because we have like the freedoms and some of these other varieties available that have not only the fact that they don't have the thorns to deal with, but they have two crops a year instead of one too. Okay. Yeah, we're planting the thorn list. So yeah, so, yeah free, freedoms yeah. are a real good one to plant. Arkansas okay. Freedom. Okay, so other question. I've got a really good tomato crop that I got to go through the winter. Uh-huh. 
Um, it's got it's got ripe tomatoes on it right now, but it also has a lot of green still. But I also have uh, blooms coming out now, and I'm just wondering: should I pick all the tomatoes and just let it try to put its energy in the blooms, or just wait? Because it takes a longer time for these to ripen. I'm noticing in the winter than it does in the summer, obviously. Um, yeah, and, and that's going to be the case. I, I, unless you're going to make spaghetti sauce for the, for, you know, for the Super Bowl today, I'd probably leave them and use them as you're ready to. It, it won't hurt the plant. It won't hurt at all. It'll, no, it'll no, okay. and, you know, and it and it's okay. spring. You know, this this week the tomatoes are going to go wow and just really jump anyway. So, you know, and you'll have right, a lot right, more right, of the fruit right. ripening. But yeah, it's just going to go into a lot happier cycle as the days get longer and that temperature goes up. So it won't hurt them. I mean, that they've been green for a while. And I'm, no. I mean, I notice the red ones now are not as sweet as normal, but I don't well, know if yeah. that makes a difference. It's the weather. They just haven't had as long okay. a days and haven't had as much sun in the plants. But that's so, all that's changing fast. Sun. Sun. Uh, yeah. sun. Sun makes a difference. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Uh, Mark and Chandler. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. So I've been listening long enough to know that on my weed killer, I don't want to use that ground clear stuff that uh-huh. stays in the ground forever. Um, I went to uh, my store just now, and they didn't have the traditional, I guess you don't care to mention the name, the, the Roundup with the glycophosphate uh-huh. anywhere. They just got stuff with a tricloper, yeah. triethylamine salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want that stuff. Okay, so you don't have to buy the Roundup brand. They're not the only one that makes it. I know. I was looking at the others, and I couldn't find anything on the shelves with the um, glycophosphate. Well, there's Killzalls, is glyphosate, but but there's a, you, you've got to, They've got to have something in there. If not, go to a different store. What do you think of glufosinate ammonium? I, I I always just stick with glyphosate. It's proven, you know, and it's find it. Yeah, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's super available. I mean, we have probably three different manufacturers of it at our stores. And I would think if uh, you were at Ace Hardware, they would have it. I mean, and any nursery in town should have it. Love you. At least I knew enough to stay with the right stuff. Well, you just, you. some of these other things, yeah. and unfortunately, it's even under the Roundup brand name. They have one now. It is. Yeah, and, and, exactly and, and that's really unfortunate because it just uh, it's not safe for, for gardening here. Well, never too much reminder because I know people call about that. I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We still have some uh, lines available, and we have Miss Shira here on the phones and music. All you have to do is give her a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR, and you could be after Patricia on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Evelyn. Hello. Good morning. I was always told that if you just say calcium grinds or the, the tea grinds, they're good for your flowers. Is that so? They're they're great for the garden. You know, those are great things to put in. And the reason why, Evelyn, is because they make the ground more acidic. You know, and here in the desert, not so much this time of year because we're having the rain, but especially in the summertime, uh, the plants really like more acidic soil than what we have. And so coffee you- grounds will always be useful. A tea the same way. What if your flowers are in a pot with soil? Yeah, you can put them right on top of house plants, you know, like right on top of the pots, and, and they'll be very beneficial. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for accepting my call. Well, yeah, and thanks for uh, enlightening us, too. But, you know, it's just, you know, you think about it, it's like a lot of these tropical plants that we're going to grow inside, you know, they come from, like, rainforest. They get a lot of rain, just the opposite of here, and that's why those coffee grounds and tea work so well. Oh, okay, then. Thank you. Thank you, you have Evelyn. a good day. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Uh, Patricia in Mesa. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. I I have two questions. I have something that I think I, I've done, and I thought I've done it right, but maybe because it's been kind of problematic, I'm calling you to kind of get it resolved with my first question. I put granular pre-emergent on my rock lawn front and back September and May. Mm-hmm. And in early January, I was getting weeds, and I went and I pulled them all up. They weren't real big. Mm-hmm. And I went and put my granular pre-emergent in, and I timed it against the first rain that happened in January. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed uh, about a week later, I was getting more weeds. And so I timed it again with the second rain that came in January, and I put more pre-emergent on. I also did it in the back on my lawn also. But on the rock, I'm still getting small weeds, but on the on the dirt base around the, my plants and everything where I I just I have a lot of dirt area away from my plants, I'm not getting any weeds. Why am I still getting weeds? Well, your coverage wasn't probably as good as it could have been, Patricia. Even with the spreader, even with those, uh, so well, how much? It might not have had quite enough rain to really, well, it takes, you know, really for a granular, it takes about a half inch of rain. Oh, you know, I see. And see, and if you have just a sprinkle, it's not going to activate it all at one time. And so then it's not going to spread like it should be. Okay. You know? So, so, so I'm, I'm going to do more, uh, come September. Yeah, yeah, you okay. should be good. I mean, for now, you might have a few little weeds to spray or something to deal with, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good coverage probably in there, and okay. you probably saved yourself a lot of work. But no, I mean, it, yes. it, it, it does take about a half inch of rain to activate it. So okay. when you when you put a granular down, if you don't get enough rain and it doesn't spread it evenly, and especially that's the difference between where you know it's spreading on flat ground like like dirt you know, versus on rock, because the rock, it might have areas underneath those rocks where it didn't get, you know, moved around. And so you can have a few weeds. But I'm sure you saved yourself a lot of work already, though. Yes, uh, (laughs) I I do not like weeds. My second question is this. I have two bougainvilleas, one in the backyard and one in the front. And the one in the backyard is about 55 years old, and the one in the front is about 15. They had gotten pretty ruly because I did not have them trimmed because I like to see them grow naturally. When we had our frost, yes, they got nipped. And I would say the frost through the top went down about 9 to 12 inches. I did have them trimmed back, and uh, I know that uh, I'm okay because I I watched the the frost-free time slot. Now I'm wondering, because with the good rain that we've had, could I give them a little bit of fertilizer? Sure, if you want to. Oh, okay. They'll, they'll appreciate well, it. I mean, with bow and vias, we really never have to, but if you want them to grow faster, feed them. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure, and I, I never had, and I, they've never been nipped that far back, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't do anything wrong because I thought I did something wrong with the pre-emergent, but I, I can understand that uh, on granular, it needs, it needs at least a half inch of rain. So I'll pay more attention to that next time. All right. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Chris in Queen Creek. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. Uh, so we bought some uh, white lantana to put between two olive bushes, uh-huh. like 20 of them in our backyard. And uh, I only have rabbits that I've ever seen in my yard. And this morning, they're all gone. 
Well, it, so it, my question question is is whatever ate it ate it, but is there something that and since I've only seen rabbit uh-huh. and it's a fenced yard, do you have any recommendation of something that would be a white flowering plant like that could go on the same irrigation system as uh, fruitless olives? Well, I think the lantana would be a good choice. I'm really kind of surprised they ate the lantana. Um, you know, it is rabbit season, and Hassenpfeffer, I got some rabbit recipes for there. They're probably cottontails, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty tasty this time of year. Um, yeah. But at any rate, no, the... Um, they must be pretty hungry rabbits to eat lantana because that's not usually one of their favorites. And yeah, know, it, like Bush Morning Glory and things, they love those. I mean, I know it's a few other white plants they really enjoy. Uh, they probably wouldn't eat a carissa, which is like a natal plum. And there is a spreading one that's, uh, you know, that spreads more and stays lower. But the problem with carissa is that they're going to um, be a little frost tender in Queen Creek, depending on where you're at. Yeah, but would they will a, take would the a gardenia heat. survive on a on the same irrigation as the fruitless olive. Ah, uh, Miami Supreme would, but that's going to be a pretty big plant. You know, that's a lot bigger oh, okay. plant, and it's not like a low ground cover type of a plant. Um, you know, they might not bother myoporum, but you're not going to get much color to that either. Right. Huh. Okay. Well, All thank right. you very much. Well, have a great Chris. day. You too. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Uh, next up, we have uh, Sherilyn and Waddell, and then we have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277 KTR. Good morning, Sherilyn. Hi. I have a uh, mandarin orange that's been in a pot for a couple years. I'd like to plant it in the ground now. When's uh-huh. a good time to do that? Oh, well, whatever you're thinking about it, you know, the digging is going to be a lot easier this week because of the rain. So I'd, I'd say this week would be a fine time to plant a new citrus or to move that one into Great. the ground. Great. All right. I'll do that. It, it'll be it'll much. be happy. It'll tell you thank you and uh, do well. <laughs> Thanks, Charlene. <laughs> Let's put on. All right. Thank oh, you. Go, go ahead. Uh, we got a minute. Go ahead. No, I, I just uh, it put on three oranges this year and they're really good. Well, you know, when it, when it gets in the ground, it'll have an opportunity to put on a lot more, too. So that would be a big, you know, plus for it. A couple of things when you're planting it, just dig a hole about twice as wide as the container and uh, mix in about one third of potting soil or organic uh, mixture with it. That'll help a lot. And make sure when you're planting it, you water from the bottom up to take out any air pockets you have. And then if you want yeah. that young thing to really thrive in the, in the you know, this year, fertilize it once a month instead of three times a year with a citrus food, and it'll grow much faster. Once a month, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're kind of like me. They kind of like to eat, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Charlene. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we have wide open phones. It's the perfect time to uh, give Miss... Uh, Shira, call. Number to call 602-277-5827. Troy Barrett's coming into the studio. He's on the march, folks. We're going to find out what's happening in the world. Maybe Troy's going to conquer the world. Maybe he wants to be the big wizard or, or who knows, you know. He could be one of our fearless leaders or something. Troy, Troy, Troy's a big guy and got a great voice, and he could probably help us out. We'll be right back after Troy with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, in the meantime, call Shira, 602-277-5827. For the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Been flying solo for so long. Nobody singing the harmony. Up there, just me and my 
my shadow No bass, no guitar, no tambourine And I found you like a melody And you were singing in the same key as me We had them dancing in the streets I don't wanna be a one-man band I don't wanna be a rolling stone alone Putting miles on a run-down van Baby, we could take our own show on the road I'll lay down the beat Carry the two, we'll get tattoos and we'll trash hotel rooms. Baby, take my hand. I don't wanna be a one man band. looks like the lines are full so we'll get right to the phones as one's gone one will be open for you to call miss shara at 602-277-5827 that's 277-KTAR cole and mesa morning morning brian hey we were in uh hawaii about a month ago and of course there's plumeria all over the, the island there and i was surprised to hear that they grow they grow here is that true yeah, could you believe that uh, plumerias aren't even native to the islands over there? They came from the Caribbean? Huh, I didn't know that. So and you, you'll have them in your store there? Yeah, we saw my wife plumeria, loved them. So. And, and, uh, and they're a lot of fun, and um, they'll take the full sun here quite well. And they even took the, the last summer's heat, you know, when we had the record thing, when it was 115 every day for a month uh, in full sun here in town. So it was, we've really had some great tri- trials. And then a couple of years ago in August, we had the, the record hottest times and they, you know, withstood those as well. So they're really a great plant for the desert. They do, you know, most varieties do go dormant in the wintertime, so they lose their leaves, but uh, they can do wonderfully here in containers or in the ground. Okay, and they, they, they get full tree size like they they, they were in the, Hawaii, the, right? The, the big difference here, Cole, is you have to protect them from the frost. So oh, you know, okay. if you're in an area in the town where it doesn't freeze much, or if, as long as you put them in a big pot and want to pull them under a patio and protect them, uh, they'll get huge. Oh, okay. Cool. Hey, another question. Um, edelberries. Uh-huh. What can you tell me about those? Um, there's different varieties. There's different varieties. Well- we're bringing some in. Um, but elderberries, you know, there's... Some that grow quite commonly around in New Mexico and things, and there's certainly plenty of them here growing in the valley. But I've really never played with them enough to tell you which varieties are best. And and we've got some coming in actually from a friend of mine in Louisiana this week, but uh, and they'll be in here next week. But as far as really cropping them and growing them personally, I don't have the experience. Okay. But what Great. I would do and is call you- the U of University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service, their Master Gardener Program. They could probably find somebody there with some experience for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll give them a call. Hey, thanks for the 
uh, your time and uh, have a great weekend. You too, Cole. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Lorna in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about my um, my navel orange tree. We planted it about two summers ago, and we watered it every day last summer <laughs> for fear that it was going to dry up, blow away. Uh, but it didn't, and it's, it's thriving great, and it did have uh, oranges on it this year. Uh, probably about five or six. It's a, you know, it's probably about a six foot tree uh-huh. if you're standing next to it. Anyways, uh, when I took the oranges off, I thought, oh God, this is going to be so good. I opened them up, and it was like the orange had almost dried up inside. Well, it, it could, really could weird. be a couple of different problems. One one thing is last summer when it was that hot, the fruit on the outside of the tree, yeah. a lot of it was burned. You know, even like in our orchards where we have mature trees that are, you know, 40 years old, uh, the fruit on the top of the tree, uh-huh. a lot of it got sunburned and it's dried out on the top. And the other thing it can be to do with the rootstock on the tree. I'm not sure what uh, what the rootstock, what variety of rootstock you have, but oranges work better on oranges than they do some of the other rootstocks. And that can make a difference to it, too. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Lorna. Bye-bye. Uh, Bob in Phoenix. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Yes, yeah, I've got, uh, got a Hong Kong orchid in uh, in a lawn situation. And last year when I tried to fertilize it, I put a bunch of fertilizer on it and it kind of burned my grass. So uh-huh. what's the best way to fertilize a big tree like that? It's a five-year-old. Well, if you want tree. to put the fertilizer down past your grass, just take a long... Uh, Shovel like a you know like a you know what a sharpshooter is with a long blade, and just yeah. push it in the ground and push the grass over to one side and pour your fertilizer in. Put let the grass close up and that'll go past the grass. Um, okay, you know that so works. it's not that hard. Or if you use a little slower release fertilizer, the problem is really is more that the grass is going to take the fertilizer. It's not going to go to the tree. So that's why the the method with opening the ground with a shovel and pouring the grass the, the fertilizer down beyond the grass roots will really help. Okay. How about those tubes they sell that go down two feet or whatever? Well, you you can put fertilizer into those tubes if you want to put those around. That would work fine. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, Michelle in Phoenix. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Good morning, Brian. Uh, Question about when to prune back roses. I know we've had some unexpected frosts. I'm on Cape Creek and Deer Valley. Is this a good time or wait a little bit? Today. Today is okay. a good day. Now, you don't have to do it today. You can wait till tomorrow. But the sooner you prune them, the better. We normally prune them like in uh, January. And the reason why we prune them is to grow longer stem, better, prettier roses. Are these floribundas that are growing like a hedge or long stem roses, like hybrid cheese? They're long stem. Okay. So you want to. some climbers. Yeah. So you want to cut those back. The climbers, you don't have to cut back so much, especially if they're young. Just trim them back to fit the area. But on the. Um, on the roses that you have that you want to grow the long stem pretty flowers, the hybrid trees, uh, take them back down to about 10 inches, leave about five canes out to the side and stand back. They'll come back very quickly. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Leanne in Sun City and then Marna in Phoenix. But um, first, we just remind you that we have three lines still available. The number to call is 602-277-5827. You can be after Myrna. Good morning, Leanne. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, we're snowbirds from Canada, and we just we've had our home for just a year. So I have a couple questions for you. We've inherited some things. Um, first one is we've got a fire stick um, plant, and it just won't turn orange. All all our neighbors' ones have. 
So I'm wondering if it could be a soil problem, but I was doing some reading and I wondered if we should be adding some sand perhaps to the soil. It just doesn't like Canadians. What can I tell you? I no, <laughs> that could be true. No. Here, here, Leanne, here's the real problem. Uh, there, there's there's different varieties. Some are green and some uh. change color. So not all of them are change color. So you can wait forever for yours to change. If you really want one of the bright colored ones, uh, I, I suggest you just replace it. I mean, it'll make oh. a nice plant, but it's going to stay green. Now your neighbors will all turn green too. Uh, you know, later on in the season, but uh, right. there are two different varieties of fire sticks, and some change color and others don't. Oh, all right. It's huge. That's disappointing. Well, I mean, okay. enjoy it for what it is. It's just, just a little different. <laughs> yeah. um, second question has to do with the um, the weeds. Um, I, I went around yesterday around the yard and I actually pulled them all. And then mm-hmm. I wondered afterwards if that's backwards. Um, should we spray when the weeds are there so that it gets carried down into the roots? Or should, is it okay to spray now that all the weeds are gone? Well, I mean, if you're if you're wanting, if you're athletic enough and want to do all the pulling, you don't have to ever spray. But um, we spray for different reasons in different ways. So you can spray with a pre-emergent and you would put that mm-hmm. down here usually in September, then again in January. And that keeps mm-hmm. the weed seeds from germinating. So you don't have the weeds come up at all. Okay. And then right. if that's, if you use this, a pre-emergent, you could put a pre-emergent down now, if you've got the weeds out and it'll probably stop any more weeds from germinating, you'd want to do it soon before it warms up. And I'm not now, sure how many pre-emergent- weeds. Pre-emergent Sorry, is, but is, is that uh, like a Roundup or is it something no, else? No, round, Roundup's like glyphosate, okay? And so Roundup's a yeah. contact herbicide. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Monsanto now makes Roundup with different chemical formulations. The, yeah, old, tradi- the, old, the old traditional <laughs> Roundup, okay, is glyphosate salt. And that one is yeah. the safest one to use. And it's just a contact herbicide, only kills what you spray it on. The new Roundups okay. that are manufacturing have different chemicals in, in the mixed in with them that uh, right. can cause long-term problems for your plantings. So but the it one, sounds like I should be looking for something other than Roundup then. Well, it, it could be regular regular, regular, round, regular Roundup is fine. Glyphosate is but, fine. But, but, but if, if I don't have weeds. If you don't have weeds, if them? you don't have any weeds and if you've taken them all out, there's no use, reason to use a contact herbicide. And if you've right. taken them out and done a good enough job, you might not even need to use a pre-emergent. But... Before, if you want to make sure that they don't come back out from new seeds, I would use a pre-emergent and do that right away. And is that a special name of something? Or well, pendimethalin is a good one. Okay, you can buy. And uh, if you're in Sun Cindy, yeah, and if you're in Sun Cindy, I'll, I'll recommend to you too. Is, is Deals uh, Deals Feed Store is right there by Sun City. And and they've got a great chemical department. We buy a lot of our agricultural chemicals from them, and they're very knowledgeable. And uh, that would be an easy place for you to go from Sun City, where they'll they'll have all your chemicals. They won't be open today, but they'll be open right. Monday through Saturdays. And uh, really that's, good people and very really knowledgeable. And is, is it deals with a D or deals? Yeah, no, deals with a D. Okay, thanks so much. Excellent stuff. Th- thanks, Leanne. Bye bye. Nice listening to you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. When we come back, we do have uh, one line available, a number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, if you're going to have a Super Bowl party and need a little color to spruce it up, we're open at 10 this morning at Whitfields. And we've got beautiful hanging baskets and color bowls and all kinds of fun things that can brighten up your patio now that it's going to be sunny and beautiful. Um, but on the other hand, if you've got beautiful trees, you can take home and grow and uh, you can plant your own 15 gallons or 25 gallons, 24 inch boxes. And if you need some instant shade, we can sell you time at Whitfields. We've got big trees that are 20 years old and 30 feet tall and you can have shade tomorrow. We also grow all kinds of palms from date palms and Mexican blues to pygmy dates and uh, have some beautiful California fans, Mexican fans, mule palms. We got it all when it comes to palms at Whitfields. We're actually Arizona's largest palm grower for a reach community well commercially for uh for landscape as well but anyway whatever your dreams are come out and see us our original store is at 824 east glendale avenue in the east valley where cooper which is the same as stapley and guadalupe or 264070 southern avenue southern avenue straight south of the sky harbor airport Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in the valley and around the state for arizona's future back to the phones we have susan and buckeye good morning susan good morning I've got a tangerine cross vine. It's on my north side. It's very large, established for five years, and it has very few dark leaf, green leaves, mm-hmm. but most of the leaves are kind of yellowing and brown ends. So okay. I'm wondering what I should fertilize that with. Um, Just a balanced fertilizer. If you have like a 10-10-10 or even a citrus food or even a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer, and then you want okay. to check to make sure you're not keeping it too wet this time of year. So watered once a week at the most and maybe not at all for a week or two after this rain. And with with the warmer weather, it should green right up. All right. Super. Thank you very much. Thanks, Susan. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Myrna in Phoenix. Good morning, Myrna. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Brian. Um, my question is, uh, we, we're just a couple of miles due north of the original store, kind of tucked up against the Phoenix Mountain Preserve, so we got pretty rocky soil. Um, looking at the south side, our front door faces south, and um, we'd like to add some interest and some shade to our pretty boring front yard at this point that's all rock. Um, so my question is, can we plant some native trees? I presume native would be the best. Um, and what size we should plant. And if we, we don't have any irrigation in the front yard. So um, if we manually water them, kind of nurse them through their first couple hot summers, uh, how long do you think is it even possible they can be self-sufficient so that we can go away for a month in the summer and they won't die while we're gone? Well, Marie, yeah, depending on what you plan, absolutely. You know, I grew up in Sunny Slope. That's why I like to mention it here on the program. And our studios are just over here on Northern and 16th Street. So it's fun looking up at the mountains I used to climb in all the time. But at any yeah. rate, um, yeah, for, for growing things in the rocky areas up there, one really excellent tree you might look at is like a, we have one that's a, a mesquite tree called an American mesquite. And it's got a couple of good okay. characteristics. It doesn't have any thorns. It stays fairly evergreen, so you have some foliage all the time. And it also doesn't break in the wind. You know, and that would be a wow. hardy enough tree that you could plant it. And while it's young, if you want it to grow fast, you'd give it quite a bit of water. You know, that's quite a bit of water is watering it once a week in the summertime. You know, with a hose, leave a well around it, let it run slow, and even feed it. And you'll get a lot of reward from the growth speed, you know, and the amount of canopy and density. And the amount it'll cool your house. And then if you have to leave for a month in the summer, it'd be fine. 
Okay, so how how many summers do we should we you know be uh, super nice to it by watering it that well, much? Well, here's the really cool part about enough. that. Really cool part about having a mesquite like that. So if you have a mesquite like that, you know, and we have a summer like we had last year, right? And it's 110, 115, 118, day after day after day, and it's really miserable. And you want to cool your yard and your house down. All you do is you water at that time of year. Okay, and the water goes up through the tree. It transpires out and basically cools the environment all around it. So underneath the canopy of that tree, it can be 20 degrees cooler than cooler than the ambient temperature. But that same tree, you know, come October, um, you don't have to water it at all. You can let it go from October until May, probably with no water at all. And if you're not going to be home in the summer, you water it once a month when you're not there and it'll stay happy. But when you are home and you want to cool the yard, it's like this portable air conditioner. You know, so trees can do really wonderful things like that. So, you know, you'll always want to have the capacity and ability to cool your house off by watering it. But at the other times, you know, it really doesn't need much water to sustain itself. All right. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Myrna. Bye bye. Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. Um, I was uh, wanting to ask you about pre-emergent. Is it effective in rocks also, a rock front yard? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely no problem with that. Just no, but you had like a color early. You have to water it in, though. It takes about a half inch of water to activate it. Now, we do have another rain scheduled for next weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, good. That's but, great. I but, can't complain about the rain at all. But, but I, I, would, I, would, I would think that, Dennis, we might have an awful lot of weeds germinate this week as well after the rain oh, wow. and while it's warm. So it's up to yeah. you. <laughs> okay. I, I was lucky enough to meet uh, Rebecca, a delightful lady. <laughs> well, I have a wonderful mother. Yes, you did, and she 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 loves you. And says you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as, as moms often will, you know, moms yeah. often brag about their children. <laughs> so so Thanks, do we Brian. fathers too. Hey, have a nice day, Dennis. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, Ken and Gilbert. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Brian. Uh, how do I know what to prune off on my grapefruit and orange trees? They're really thick. Okay, so you really don't have to prune anything, Ken. And when we're going to prune anything, we want to take into mind while we're pruning it and what we're trying to accomplish, okay? So for a grapefruit tree, if it's getting larger than you want and you want to reduce its size some so it's easier to harvest the fruit, you can do that. If you want to produce a little better quality fruit, you can open it up on the inside, and the fruit that's on the inside of the canopy is not subject to the sun, and will typically have a little better quality. You can do that. Or okay. if you just want to be lazy and say, hey, it's a grapefruit tree and it's growing fine, I'm going to go pick the grapefruit, that's great as well. The one thing you don't want to do with a grapefruit or any other citrus tree is really expose a lot of wood to the sun. So you don't want to raise the branches too high off the ground, though it's healthier if they're a foot or so off the ground. And, um, you know, aside from that, you can just let it be. Oh, okay. I thought I would have to trim it because the, the fruit are are not that plentiful and they're they're not very big so I thought maybe I needed to prune it. Well, if you prune it you'll probably have a little larger fruit, you know. So if you want to kind of go through the inside and take out some of the dead wood there and if it's got big wild branches on the top any of them that are sticking kind of out of fashion with the rest of the tree and you want to prune it back and just give it a little haircut, you can prune those bigger limbs back doing that as well. You know, and and if you reduce the amount of foliage and the amount of bloom and the amount of fruit, you're going to probably have a little bigger fruit because it's got the same root system. So that would probably help your fruit quality, as would a little fertilizer. And now's the perfect time to feed it. Okay, great. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You as well. Bye-bye. 
Uh, let's see. We've got we got about a minute left. Jerry, we could take you for about 30 seconds. Hello, Jerry. Hello there. What? I'm going to ask you how you are. I'm ready. <laughs> well, um, g- give us a quick thought, Jerry, because Jerry, I'm going to have to say goodbye here real yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, so has anybody ever experimented with these ornamental grasses? A uh, lot of them, Jerry. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take you off the air, though, because I'm, I'm out of time, but I'll put you on hold. I'll be right back with you. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. Let's go out and enjoy each other. There's nothing like the example that we see on a football field with what it takes to make America strong. Tremendous diversity. We have quarterbacks. We have linebackers. We have offensive linemen, defensive ends, receivers, and people play all these different positions with a lot of different talent. There's nobody on that team is the best at every position, and there's nobody in life that's going to be as good as diverse team. You know, we can celebrate here our diversity in, in religion and sex and size and age and color and nationality, and that's what makes America strong and special. Let's keep it special. Let's work together. Let's be a team and uh, maybe we someday can make it to the Super Bowl of life in the end. We'll be back with you next week.